Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Wednesday, August the 21st edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we'll preview tomorrow night's game, the final preseason tune-up for the starters as the Dolphins welcome the Jaguars into Hard Rock Stadium for a national TV game. Plus, we've got some practice updates, some clarity on the quarterback battle, some injury updates, a possible surprise veteran cut, and an unassuming message from Flores to Kenny Stills. All of that and a whole lot more on this edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. But first, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. That helps the podcast get out to more fans, helps us continue to do the show and put more resources into it. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WingfieldNFL, the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter, as voted by Dolphins Twitter. You can find the show at Locked On Fins. And of course, LockedOnDolphins.com, your home for all your daily written Dolphins content needs and last but not least the other locked on sports family of podcasts like locked on fantasy football hosted by Vinny Iyer Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years of covering fantasy football he'll put you ahead on draft day and all season long locked on fantasy football on your favorite podcast provider let's jump right in that's another Miami Dolphins And we have a roster change that came across the wire early on Tuesday morning. Wide receiver Saeed Blacknell, a Reggie McKenzie move, no doubt, is gone. And in his place, another receiver, undrafted rookie free agent from Duke, TJ Raming. And Raming caught 75 balls for 811 yards and eight touchdowns his final year at Duke last year, catching balls from Daniel Jones. He was cut by Washington during training camp. And his only hope here really to make the roster is none. His actual hope is for the practice squad, so really much ado about nothing here. But one topic that does have plenty of juicy meat left on the bone here is the real clarity we were offered on the starting quarterback competition on Tuesday from Coach Brian Flores. And in my opinion, we have the answer to who that's going to be for the opening day starter week number one, September 8th, against the Baltimore Ravens. And it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, the veteran. Brian Flores cleverly answered a question from Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. And the question was posed in a hypothetical sense. So perhaps some game recognizing game in that regard. But Brian Flores told us that, quote, sometimes guys just aren't ready. The whole sink or swim mentality. It's easy for guys on the outside to say that for guys who aren't in the trenches dealing with it day to day. They don't know. End quote. And after another question, Flores gives us this quote. Quote, when you stick a guy in there, bad plays happen. We have to stay in there. We can't get too high, can't get too low. When bad plays happen, if you're worried about wrecking his confidence, you shouldn't put him in there in the first place. End quote. That sends a very strong message altogether. And then finally this, and I tweeted about this and how it's beneficial to rely on the process opposed to a couple games results and not to get too consumed by two preseason games, which really doesn't even amount to a full game's worth of reps for Josh Rosen, who has played 47, much less Ryan Fitzpatrick and right around 25 reps for him. But this quote tells us Flores' thought process on the entire thing. Quote, 
There have been a lot of practice reps, practice game reps from the spring to training camp to games. For it to come down to one game, it's not that, end quote. So I think this was all very telling and very revealing about the Dolphins' plans at the quarterback position. I really don't think that Josh Rosen ever was really thought of as a starter on this team and continues to be the backup behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. So just know that it is going to be Fitzpatrick on opening day. And remember that that's not a bad thing. Trust me, it suits Josh Rosen to play when he's ready far more than it does to just throw him out to the Wolves because evaluation, right? But what the hell do you think they've been doing since he got here? Rosen's been evaluated every day since that trade from being the last one on the practice field to how he studies in the meeting rooms to how he talks to his teammates in the locker room, the cafeteria, all throughout the facility. And that's why those two games where I agree that Rosen was better aren't the end-all be-all. All right, let's go ahead and get off this quarterback topic and move to the rest of the roster. Plenty more guys still down with injuries. The good news is that Jakeem Grant was back working with the team on Tuesday. Rashad Jones also back for his second straight day of practice. But a lot of guys are down still. Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker, TJ McDonald, Raekwon McMillan, all four of those guys figure prominently into the rotation on offense and defense respectively this year. Walt Aikens, a special teams captain. Albert Wilson, a starting receiver. Andrew Van Ginkle, a primary sub-package linebacker. Chase Allen and Kiko Alonso, and more on him in just one second. But first, one guy that was out there for the first time all training camp, third-year cornerback Cordrea Tankersley, and this from Omar Kelly of the South Florida Sun Sentinel. First sighting of Cordrea Tankersley this camp was today. He's running and cutting a little. Have no idea what's going to happen. Just a guess. He begins the season on IR because he's nine months into a nine to 12 month rehab process. I do believe you can start him on the PUP and save that IR designation and put him there later if you have to. I could be wrong on that, but I think that's what Miami will do. And then if he's still injured by week six, you put him on the IR. So this team is awfully banged up right now. They've got about two and a half weeks to go until the ball kicks off for real in an actual regular season NFL game week one against the Ravens. And one guy that might not be out there, healthy or otherwise, is Kiko Alonso. And the regular listeners of the Locked On Dolphins podcast know that I've been against this guy for a very long time. I just don't think very highly of his performance. I don't think very highly of his decision making. I don't think very highly of his ability to process plays and run fit. I think a lot of the issues we have on run defense over the last several years can be traced back to Kiko Alonso, and I can show you video evidence of that. And I've been talking about how some of these young guys, Terrell Hanks, Trey Watson, Sam McGuavin, all these guys having success in training camp while Kiko's on the sideline. And by the way, you can save $4 million against the cap, which gets pushed towards next year. Why wouldn't you cut Kiko Alonso? You save money this year, you save money next year. It is going to cost you a slight cap hit this year, but you're evaluating younger linebackers that have a chance to be part of the future next year, and you're saving money. What the hell is the downside here? And this comes from Roto World. A quick story they took from Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald saying that Alonzo is not a lock to make the 53-man roster. He's been down all summer with an undisclosed injury. Dolphins are rebuilding and want players on the defensive side who are versatile and can fill many roles. We know that's not Kiko. He just turned 29 last week, carries a massive cap number at over $8.2 million. The Dolphins would clear just $25,000 in cap by releasing Alonzo, but they'd save 
$4 million in cash. Why wouldn't you put that money in your back pocket? Especially when you have Sam McGuavin and Jerome Baker as your nickel linebackers. You can have Raekwon McMillan, a part of that 3-3-5 look we've talked about a lot. Also the 4-3 under. And when you want to bring on a sub-package linebacker to rush the passer, that's going to be Andrew Van Ginkle. So where does Alonzo fit on this roster? He doesn't. That's why I believe he's going to be gone. And if you're like Kiko Alonso and you might be unemployed soon, maybe you can get a job with DoorDash or even better, order from DoorDash. You've committed to the sweatpants for the day. You're sick of microwave leftovers and frozen pizza. Enter DoorDash, restaurant quality food with a living room dress code. Or maybe you just got after it too hard during the game and now you need to pick me up by way of some food. Well, you can use DoorDash who connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might find a new favorite spot as well. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose your favorite national restaurant chains like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of 15 bucks or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code one word locked on. Don't forget, that's promo code locked on for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Is there a reason why I'm still awake? He says, I got you written in a black book by the railroad track. You so the story from practice on Tuesday that grabbed the headlines was that the team ran out eight consecutive Jay-Z songs in a row to start practice this one day after Jay-Z was not too welcomed by Kenny Stills, Dolphins receiver in the locker room for his initiative with this NFL joint program. And it's pretty weird. I don't really know what to make of it. Apparently, Brian Flores chooses the music. But all this stuff is just getting kind of old to me. And I want to make it clear that I commend Kenny for his efforts. And I hope he never stops standing up for what he believes in. But I am tired of this team getting the big headlines coming from every direction except for the direction on the football field. I don't want to comment on this because I don't know what's going on between Flo and Kenny. But if there is a problem, if there is one that exists between the two men, just trade him already. Just trade him and get a look at some other wide receivers. And that's what we'll be doing tomorrow night in preseason game number three as the Dolphins take on the Jaguars in the national spotlight. Game is on Fox, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern at The Rock. And if you'll turn your attention over to the Lockdown Dolphins website, we have your 10 things to expect from this exhibition game up on the .com. And let's jump right into that. As amidst all these distractions off the field between Kenny Stills, Jay-Z, Brian Flores, whatever you want to call it, there still has to be a football game played on Thursday night as the Dolphins do enter primetime on Fox at 8 o'clock Eastern time. And this game really offers an interesting juxtaposition for the Dolphins and the things they don't do very well, namely the Jaguars' pass rush with Yannick Ngakwe and Calais Campbell going up against this Dolphins' offensive line that could pretty much put the entire offensive evaluation on the back burner as you might just have to burn this game tape for that side of the ball because last year in December, we saw this team, this defense essentially, 
hit the AZ5 option, the AZ5 option from HBO's Chernobyl on the entire Mike Tannenbaum, Adam Gaze era and regime as you go back to the famed photograph of Stephen Ross clutching his brow with his index finger and thumb as he sat there in his owner suite, basically just distraught about the product he was seeing on his field with his team. And this could be kind of a similar situation as it was last December. The Dolphins scored seven points in that game, might not have much of an opportunity to get points on the board in this game and there's lots of injuries to get to in this contest for the Dolphins not expected to play McMillan Alonzo Allen Van Ginkle Parker and Wilson at receiver Drake Walt Akins TJ McDonald Cordrea Tankersley Robert Kimdiche and we don't know yet about Jones and Jakeem Grant for the Jaguars Marquise Lee Alfred Blue Jake Ryan Quincy Williams Davis Toll Charles Jones Jeff Swaim Josh Oliver and Marcel Darius all set to sit this game out, the week three preseason dress rehearsal, final tune-up game for the starters. And that's where we start with the 10 things to expect from this game. A clue into the opening day starting lineup for this Dolphins team. Now, a lot of teams across the league right now are kind of taking the Sean McVay route, the Sean McVay blueprint to sit all of your most important players throughout the entire preseason, not just game one, game two, but into game three, as last year, Jared Goff didn't take any preseason reps. This year, he still has not either. And that's kind of the MO for most teams around the league, but it hasn't been for the Dolphins. And we talked about this all offseason long, how this preseason could be an extended evaluation of what we see come the regular season, because this year, for all intents and purposes, is not really about the wins and losses. It's about finding out who is going to be part of this franchise going forward under Brian Flores and Chris Greer. And this game, to me, is essentially the 17th game of the evaluation. I think you're going to see a lot of starters, a lot of prominent players playing significant reps in this game. Last week, we saw Sam McGuavin, Charles Harris, and Minka Fitzpatrick playing into the third quarter, and all three of those guys are starters. So maybe we see the same situation this week at every position except for maybe quarterback, where it could be Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick splitting this game in half, and we'll come back to that here in just a minute. But this game should give us a very good indicator as far as who's going to play in that opener against the Ravens in just two and a half weeks. And the second point here I have is a decent little segue talking about Minka of Fitzpatrick playing on that second team defense in the third quarter. Number two, expect a response from Minka Fitzpatrick. I said the exact same thing last week, and it kind of happened. He was good in coverage, but he had that missed tackle that led to a first down, which is so uncharacteristic of this player who was not that guy last year with the Dolphins. He was not that guy in college with Alabama, and I just don't think that's who he is long term. I expect him to get back into a position in that slot position, especially if Rashad Jones plays. If he doesn't play, maybe Minka still is in that safety role and maybe Coach Flores and company want to shelter him a little bit and keep his role discreet as far as what he's going to do when the games start to count. But I also think you might want to start kind of building up Minka's confidence because we're going into the season, and maybe he's a little bit shook in that regard. It would be good personnel management to make that happen. I expect Minka Fitzpatrick to make a play in this game, and dare we do it? Should we dust off a regular season segment here on a preseason edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast? I think so. Lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. 
lock it up. And this week, we're locking up Minka Fitzpatrick making a play in this game. And what I mean by that is a sack, an interception, a fumble force or recovery, maybe a big third down pass breakup. I expect a big play from the Dolphins' former first round draft pick of 2018, Minka Fitzpatrick. Point number three, some play calling with a purpose. And what I mean by that is that you've been having pretty much imminent pressure crumbling down on Ryan Fitzpatrick every single game so far in the preseason. And that shouldn't change in this one because this offensive line is simply outmatched by the defensive line. But you might see the Dolphins try to unveil some more misdirection, some play action, some innovative situational play calling where you might go to more pass options on second and 10. You guys know I hate the second down and 10 run play because Warren Sharp taught me that and I fully believe in that. Maybe we go back to more advantageous play calling to get these guys in a good situation. I just think it might be important to build some confidence, not just in Minka Fitzpatrick, but in Ryan Fitzpatrick and this offense because they have not visited the end zone yet with the first team offense. Last year, it took until the final drive of the first half of that third preseason game for Ryan Tannehill to find Danny Amendola. Let's try to find the end zone once or twice here with this first team offense and get things going that way. And the best way to do that is for Chad O'Shea to help out the offense against this outmatched unit against the Jaguars defense. Point number four, some consistency from Sam Aguavin, Charles Harris, and the entire Dolphins pass rush. And I know Aguavin's not really necessarily a pass rusher, but I want to see this scheme continue to have success, especially against a team that has guys like Cam Robinson, Andrew Norwell, Jawan Taylor. This is a good, experienced offensive line of the Jaguars, and the Dolphins will get a real test for this new pass rush scheme. Can Charles Harris continue to beat up whoever's lined up across from him? He did it last week. Let's see him do it against Cam Robinson. Can this blitz with stunts and loops and twists find a way to get home on the quarterback against this John DeFilippo offense? I want to see that happen. And the same goes for Sam McGuavin, the 26-year-old rookie who has just progressed from the opening day of training camp all the way through the game last week in Tampa Bay. Continue to put it together and nail down that starting spot opening day against the Baltimore Ravens. All right, we're going to come back on the other side of the podcast and get to the rest of these points on the game preview up on LockedOnDolphins.com. But first, make sure you guys are checking out the new rebranded Locked On NFL podcast with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and his new co-host, Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. The thing about semester scheduling in college is that Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes are only 50-minute periods, 50-minute sessions, but the Tuesday and Thursday classes, because they're only two days compared to three days a week, go about an hour and 20 minutes. So on Tuesday, I had my syllabus day for the two classes, and it's the same instructor, the same major program, so it was the same classroom, and a lot of the same kids in that class. And the kid that sat next to me for two and a half hours on Tuesday was ripping ass throughout the entire two and a half hours, completely shamelessly, and I would get this whiff like every 10 minutes in my nostrils that was just punishing every single time, and I, I don't know how to deal with that. Do I ask the kid, like, can you stop farting? I, I don't understand how to deal with that. I don't understand the lack of decorum. Maybe that's a 20-year-old not understanding his surroundings, but my goodness, I smelt farts all day long. It was almost as stinky as a comparison I heard the other day comparing Patrick Laird 
to Christian McCaffrey, I mean, my goodness, let's calm down. I'm not sure which of those two things stunk more. But with that, we jump back into the preview up on LockedOnDolphins.com of this game. And we get back to a point here talking about Patrick Laird, who might be the opening day number two back on this roster. You've got Mark Walton, who I think has pretty comfortably put himself as the third back on the roster behind Kalen Balazs and Kenyon Drake. But of course, Drake has that foot ailment. And Mark Walton is certainly going to get suspended by the NFL. Patrick Laird has 91 total yards on 15 touches through two games. He's consistently ahead of Miles Gaskin and Kenneth Farrow. Is this guy going to make the roster and be the number two back on opening day? It sure as hell seems like it right now. The next point here, the final push from the bubble guys on the roster. We're talking about cornerback, talking about offensive line and depth. Which of these guys are going to make the roster? Right now, we've got Xavier Howard, Mika Fitzpatrick, Eric Rowe, and Jamal Wiltz. All four of those guys are locks in my book. But beyond that, I really don't know. Cornell Armstrong, is he going to elevate his game from just special teamer to prominent backup fixture on the defense? Where does Jalen Davis, Chris Lamonts, Tyler Patman, and Torrey McTire factor in? Step up and have a game. Backup offensive line, right now we know Chris Reed's in that group. But who else? Jordan Mills? Did he really earn a spot on this roster? Is Isaiah Prince going to make the roster? Jared Jones-Smith? Kyle Fuller? Michael Dunn? Who's it going to be? That'll be a good look for us in the second half of this game. And speaking of that backup offensive line, I talked about it in the beginning of this segment. Where is this offensive line as far as the top five guys go? Can they compete? Can they have a successful game against a team that provides a good pass rush? We know Laramie Tunzel's fine. He's going to handle whoever he gets in that isolation work on the edge, regardless of who it is across the NFL. Dolphins will slide protection, but can we see rookies Michael Dieter and Shaq Calhoun pass off effectively in pass protection because... Brian Flores talks about how important communication is and playing as one unit rather than five individuals. They haven't done that yet. Let's see it happen. Let's see Daniel Kilgore get some push in the run game. Let's see Jesse Davis make strides towards earning a contract extension as the long-term solution at right tackle. I want to see this offensive line play well for one friggin' game. Up next, and we have to talk about this every single time, the quarterback battle. I wanted to put Jakeem Grant and Rashad Jones on this list, but I decided to take it off since they are probably not going to play in the game. So we'll go after Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen. And while I do think that Fitzpatrick is pretty comfortably sitting right now in the driver's seat for that starting job, like we talked about in the opening segment, if Rosen plays well and Fitzpatrick is completely lifeless on offense... Maybe they still start Fitzpatrick, but that leash can become shorter. It's a cumulative gathering of information from the spring till now. Keep putting the pressure on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Talking to you, Josh Rosen. And maybe you get in there sooner rather than later. Bullet point number nine here. Some of the position battles becoming clear. And with the injuries at wide receiver with Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant all working back, can Isaiah Ford solidify first team work come the opening game of the season? What about on the defensive line? We know about Devon Godshaw and Christian Wilkins inside with Charles Harris and Tank Carradine outside as well as Nate Orchard. But what about Vincent Taylor, Adolphus Washington, Akeem Spence? Who's going to earn the primary backup duties behind those guys? And what about the tight ends? Are those guys ever going to separate themselves from one another? There's four guys that are pretty much log jammed right now. Want to see more of those guys going forward. And then my final point, the first team special teams unit is going to tell us a lot about what's going to happen come cutdown day. We talk about starters playing special teams work into the regular season very often on this podcast. That's a very Patriots-like thing, a very Brian Flores-like thing. We've seen TJ McDonald, Minka Fitzpatrick, 
and Preston Williams, as well as some other prominent players on this roster getting special teams work. And that list of players has been pretty consistent, but keep an eye on the guys that go after the first kickoff, the first punt, and stay on those teams because I bet you those guys are on this roster. So those are the 10 points. Check out the article, LockedOnDolphins.com, Dolphins-Jaguars preseason game three review, what to expect. And to finish up this podcast, we've got Hard Knocks tonight. I'm talking, of course, about Tuesday evening as I record this podcast. You guys will hear it on Wednesday morning, but I hope it's not just an Antonio Brown helmet issue episode exclusively. I want to see some more football, some more Jonathan Abram and the rest of that team. And lastly, I put a tweet out in the universe on this thought, on this topic, about the Jeff Darlington edition of the Fish Tank podcast, the OJ McDuffie and Seth Levitt, where they interview former players, former media members of this Dolphins team. Well, they had Jeff Darlington on, and he made a really interesting point on the podcast referring to a Dolphins beat writer and they said his name so I'll go ahead and say it too Armando Salguero and I can confirm this what Jeff Darlington said not that he would lie about it but he basically said that every time he saw Armando Salguero every time he had an opportunity Salguero would tell him I would prefer it if this team was either really good or really bad because being in between being mediocre being eight and eight does nothing for my business and that was in reference to Jeff Darlington having some awards he won for sports reporting and basically what Darlington had said was that the stories win the award, not the reporter, the Manuel Wright story, the Stephen Ross story. That's why he got those awards. That's what Salguero wants. He wants the recognition. And ultimately, it's best for journalistic business to get the big stories. And you get those from shit shows and you get those from really good teams. So that's where these guys' minds are at times. Always keep that in mind. There's always an agenda. There's always something, an underlying issue that comes with the things you read on the internet and in the papers and the like. So just keep that in mind. But as for today's podcast, that's going to do it for me. We're going to have a crossover edition on tomorrow's show as well as the mailbag. I'll talk to the host of Locked On Jaguars and answer your guys' questions on the Locked On Dolphins mailbag. And it is not very often we get to do this on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, but I have some breaking news for you guys. I had to come back upstairs and re-record this podcast because as Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald reports, the Dolphins and wide receiver Jakeem Grant are working to finalize a contract extension for four years that would keep the receiver in Miami through 2023. Grant was one of the main guys I listed this offseason as someone that required a contract extension. They got Xavier Howard done. Laramie Tunzel probably falls into that category sometime soon. Jakeem Grant was in there, and I also had Kenyon Drake as an option for a new contract extension, but it sounds like Jakeem Grant is going to be in Miami for a while longer. This speaks well to both his health for this season and the way they view this explosive receiver and punt returner and kick returner going forward. So Jakeem Grant in Miami through 2023, reported by Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald. Not yet official, but it sounds promising for his prospects to stay in Miami with that coveted second contract, a big deal for a sixth round draft pick. All right, we're going to go ahead and get out of here on the podcast now. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Linkfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a crossover edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. In a time understood, I know Can it be that I hear what he's saying?